Welcome in, everybody, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Amateur Scout Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Alex Koslow, and we got another great episode today for you. My guest today is Michael Balco from Draft Analyst, NFL Analyst Network, excuse me, and Who Dat Dish on Fansided. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so for anybody not familiar with your work or on Twitter, a uh, quick introduction for you and your background and how you got into scouting a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just kind of a self-grown, you know, I just always kind of use Twitter to my advantage. I would just, you know, I'm a, I've been a lifelong Saints fan, so I would just tweet about Saints news, started to get a little bit of a following, started getting some sources. Um, I used to have a really big Instagram account called Saints Highlights. Um, I sold it actually recently. Um, I had about 32,000 followers on it. So that kind of just got my foot in the door a little bit to um, get into like the analysis side of things into the business side of sports. And yeah, so I've just kind of just used Twitter and kind of grown my platform and it's led me to land a full-time writing job with NFL and NBA analysis.net as well as some good paid gigs with a Hudak dish as well. So that's awesome to hear. Uh, I like your background. You said you kind of use Twitter and to your advantage and just tweeting out stuff that kind of lead me into where I was. My first draft that I remember really focusing in on was that 2015 draft as a Bucks fan. Uh, that Mariota versus Winston debate was something to behold and something that I was really passionate about. What was that draft for you as a Saints fan or just a football fan in general that really piqued your interest and said, this is what I want to do? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, like I'm I've always like loved the draft, but I didn't really, really get into like draft and like making mock drafts, stuff like that until the 2017 draft, which is like the notorious best mm -hmm. Saints draft and like recent memory. So, you know, obviously the Saints hit a home run in that draft, got some good late round steals and Kamara, you know, all sorts of great talent in that draft. But yeah, that was kind of the first one. That's kind of whenever I started coming onto the scene, I started getting a lot of followers. I started, you know, people started recognizing me, my opinion, a little held a little mm -hmm. bit more weight than it used to. So that's probably when it started becoming really fun for me. I mean, I've always loved it, but I mean, you can, I'm sure, you know, Alex, just like once you start like, you know, getting into the business side of things and you start like having to report about it, it doesn't become as fun. It's more of like a, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, yeah, I, I enjoy it. And I'm very much looking forward, especially the past couple of years since I've started up my podcast and I've gotten the, the pleasure of hosting some players that are draft mm -hmm. eligible in the coming years on my show. I'm, I'm very excited for the upcoming drafts more so right. than I, I'd say than I was for previous drafts. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, you start getting into these late round guys that are uh, that you just seem more personable and that you actually want guys like us can actually talk to and you really start caring about that day three those six seventh round guys and you're like hey i talked to him and can't wait to see what he does so that that's really exciting stuff and that's great to hear um so kind of leading into this year's draft what are your general thoughts on the the 2021 class as a whole if someone had to came up to you and said what's the expectations for these guys what can we expect from this class what are your thoughts on that i feel like it's the same thing every year when people ask about the draft <laughs> but i think I think it's going to be the best draft, honestly. Like, I was just, I didn't say this about last year's class except for the receiving class, but I really think this year's draft is going to be one of the best in NFL history. Um, it's just, there's so much talent and just mm -hmm. in, in all areas of the draft. Like, it's insane. Like, you can find starting caliber dudes in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Like, it's mm -hmm. insane. Um, and so, yeah, there's just so much talent, and I'm just very excited. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to like that 
third, fourth round range because mm-hmm. that's that's whenever you're going to find like those impact players, but like they're going to be the steals that we talk about right. three, four, five years down the road. So yeah, I've always heard third, fourth round. That's where your your draft is made. That's where your team is made. Now, kind of going off of that too. Um, I know with me personally, growing up, you knew the big names and you're invested in the first round, maybe the second round for your team. And is it the same with you that as soon as you start getting into the draft a little bit more and you start looking at these no-name, pro- these lower-named prospects and you see them in the fourth or fifth round, does that give you more optimism for the draft where you're like, this is such a deep class because you know so many more players? Or is it literally really just a deep class in general for anybody? Yeah, I think it's like a combination of both. I think whenever you start to see, like, for example, like last year, Zach Bond falling all the way to round three when the Saints picked him up and guys like Adam Troutman, who are going to be starting, like those two dudes are going to be starting for the Saints next year. Just the Saints as an example, but there's so many other teams too. Um, It's like whenever you start seeing those dudes, like it's crazy. You're like, oh, wow, this is like really deep class. And then I think it's going to be the same this year. I think it's actually probably going to go beyond the fourth and fifth round. Mm -hmm. Um, And every year, personally, for me, my favorite rounds, always the deeper rounds. Mm -hmm. My favorite round in the draft is usually like the fourth and fifth round because oh yeah, yeah, like that's just whenever you start getting the diamonds in the rough and you really have to like watch film and you're like, you kind of get surprised because you don't really know about them too much. So then when you turn on the film and you're like, Oh, okay. And you start to do some analyzing and stuff like that. That's when you're like, Oh, okay. This kid can be good. So those are usually my favorite rounds of the draft. And yeah, I think, I think, you know, there's going to be some, some surprise sleepers this year that are going to fall pretty late into the first round into the second and into third. I mean, just the same as every year, there's always that one or two guys who who always slide deep into the draft for whatever reason. Um, And I think, you know, there's a couple guys in this draft that could, like Gregory Rozu could end up falling mm-hmm. that far. There's a couple guys, there's a handful of dudes who are, there's going to be some great, great talent in like the second and third round for sure. Yeah, I've seen, I've, it seems like every year the second round is just like, how is this guy not a first rounder? And you look back at their stats as their rookie year, or even two, three years in, you're like, how are, how did they drop so far? And that's always really, really fun to see. Um, kind of going into the 21 class. The position that everyone's been talking about, everyone on NFL Network, ESPN, it's always the quarterback position, and that's really where you get the the biggest names. What are your thoughts on some of the quarterback rumors that we're hearing now? I know Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are really locked in at maybe number one and number two, but what do you make of, like, Mac to San Francisco at three or Trey Lance to New England if they want to pick up a uh, trade up? Or even I've, I've seen rumors where Justin Fields might even fall. What are your general thoughts on all of that? I think I said it before on a previous podcast. I think this is the best quarterback class the NFL has seen in probably over a decade. If I'm being completely honest, I think we have our next batch of hall of fame talent in this year's Mm -hmm. draft class. Um, But there's also so much, it's so much boomer bust potential in this year's draft class. Cause you look at Trevor Lawrence and you look at, you know, theoretically like Mac Jones and Justin Fields, you're like, that's the, that's the cream of the crop. Like those are the Mm -hmm. guys that everyone's going to aspire to be like, those are your pro ready guys. And then you look at guys like Zach Wilson and you look at guys like Trey Lance and maybe even Kyle Trask is up Mm -hmm. in that list. And you're just like, these dudes could either be really, really, really good or really, really, really bad. Um, For example, like I'm not, I'm not super high on the Zach Wilson train. I think, you know, the jets could have probably done better by picking up somebody else in that second pick we'll see i mean right. they, they still could you know they are the jets so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, jets are a little notorious for for messing good players up 
but yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think there is a lot of very good talent. Like Kellen Mond is going to be a good second, mm-hmm. third round steal. He could even sneak into the first, I think. Oh, um, okay. Or maybe like a late, you know, who knows? Maybe a team like the Patriots could address a need at like 15 and then trade back into the first. If, they, if they're high on Kellen Mond, maybe make a move with the Bucks or Chiefs or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I could see, you know, a sleeper guy like him going in the first over a guy like Kyle Trask maybe. Okay. Um, I'm a big Kyle Trask fan. I would love to see mm-hmm. the Saints snag him in the second or third for sure. Um, I just – I think – Kyle Trask is one of the most slept on quarterback prospects in the entire draft. Um, along with Sam Ellinger, he's going to be like a seventh, sixth, seventh round steal mm-hmm. for somebody. Um, I'm just really high on those two dudes. I know Ellinger's stats weren't that great in college. He was a little wishy-washy, but I like the potential he has. I think if he gets in the right system, he could, he could be a solid, a solid, you know, backup, you know, right play here and there. I think he'd be pretty good. There's nothing wrong with being a backup in the NFL. Quarterback Back. number two is a great is a great job, if you ask me. <laughs> um, kind of speaking of Shane Bouchelle, uh, oh, not Shane Bouchelle, excuse me, uh, Sam Ellinger. Um, those kind of guys and him and guys like Ian Book out of Notre Dame, I think football fans, if you're a fan of college football, you've heard of their, those guys' names for f- the last four seasons. They've been such high prospects. Um, but then all of a sudden come draft time, their names kind of disappear. Where do you see you kind of hit on it with Sam Ellinger a little bit, but like Ian book, where do you see him kind of landing as in a career, what his outlook is looking like? Uh, I mean, it's, it's so hard to tell because like you look at these dudes in college and they have all the potential in the world. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at them and, and they're so successful in their systems, you know, in their own right and whatnot, but it's just, it's impossible to tell because you look at, you know, in past examples, you look at Johnny Manziel, one of the most decorated college athletes of all time, same with like Tim Tebow and their careers did not pan out at all. Right. And then and then you look at guys like, I don't even know, like Russell Wilson, who didn't have the greatest college career and look at him now. Like, it's just, it's so hard to predict an NFL future when you don't know their team and whatnot and their system yeah. that they're going to be in. But I think if Ian Book gets in the right system, same with like Sam Ellinger, same with any quarterback, really. I mean, any quarterback, if you're not in the right system, besides maybe like Trevor Lawrence could, is an exception. Right. <laughs> but if, unless your name is Trevor Lawrence, um, if you don't get in the right system, it's going to be hard to be successful. So, I mean, I think that's just as bread and butter as it gets, really. I mean, Ian Book has all the potential in the world to be a successful NFL player. Um, but it's just a matter of getting in the right system, going out there, showing up to work every day, putting in the right. same work ethic he did to, to play at such a high level in college. I think you can really say that about anybody. System is so important, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, you can have a guy that's so much higher on your draft board, but if he goes to the wrong system that doesn't utilize those skills, he's, he's useless. It doesn't really matter. And I think that's such a big thing. All right, so kind of going into the Saints a little bit, want to dive into that. Um, give me a recap of a little bit of the highlights of their free agency that is going to have the biggest impact on their draft strategy. I mean, the Saints really didn't do anything. <laughs> More or less just cleaned house. But I think if there's one thing I can take from the Saints offseason as a whole is that we have a couple holes that we need to address, and that's mm-hmm. at linebacker and at cornerback primarily and receiver as well, probably as like the number three biggest need. Um, cornerback, obviously, I mean, we lost Janoris Jenkins, who's a very effective corner opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. So we obviously got to get a replacement for him ASAP. Like that's probably got to be our top need. And from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the Saints are either going to take a corner or a linebacker in the first okay. round. So 
that's looking promising as far as that goes. Um, depending on probably best player available is more than likely what the Saints are going to do. Whether like if there's a better linebacker available than a corner, they'll probably end up addressing linebacker in the first. I mean, you could really go either way. They're right. both a need for the Saints. So if Zayvon Collins happens to fall to to 28, which is highly unlikely in my opinion, <laughs> but if he happens to fall, him or Nick Bolton, I think, are two mm-hmm. guys the Saints are really keeping their eyes on. Um, happens to fall and maybe if Caleb Farley's on the board there I know there's rumors about him falling pretty far I think the Saints would probably go with Farley I mean it'd be a toss-up really I mean there are so many different options and that's what's so great about this draft class is that you can be at pick 28 and you could still get a very very good player in the mm-hmm. first round of the draft which you can't really say the same about in previous drafts like 2016 you can't really say the same about that like you know, 2018, you can't really say the same about that. So I feel like there's just so many, so much good talent and the Saints can really go any direction. And this draft right. is deep enough and the Saints have proven that they are good enough at finding late round gems um, to where I can, I just kind of trust them with whatever they decide to do. So, right. but yeah, I think the biggest free agency impact um, is definitely the fact that they had to clean house for being negative a hundred million. Right. Cap, so. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it to you, man. I just imagining Marshawn Lattimore on one side of the field and Caleb Farley on the other is, is a very scary thing to think about. And if I'm, if I'm anybody that's on the Saints schedule this year, uh, now you hit on a little bit about where the Saints are looking at with corner and linebacker. What's your dream scenario of who would be the perfect person? Um, is it Caleb Farley? Is it Xavier Collins? Uh, the drop at 28. What's your dream scenario? for that pick and then also kind of what's the more realistic one that you kind of expect the Saints to go into I think the dream pick would be Justin Fields (laughs) no that would be I mean Justin Fields or maybe like JC Horn or something along the lines of that on a more realistic note or I'd probably I would love to get Nick Bolton or Caleb Farley or or just really any of those dudes, Zayvon Collins. I mean, I would love any of those those three guys. Um, and I think those are all within the realm of possibility. They're all expected to slide a little bit, um, quite a bit, actually. So Zayvon Collins is probably the only one that's not expected to slide. I think his draft stock is definitely boosting upwards. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I think if Nick Bolton and Caleb Farley are there, the Saints are going to have an interesting decision to make. Um, I think they would probably go with Farley. Um, other than that, I mean – there's some great offensive linemen in this draft. I know the Saints love to pick offensive linemen, even though they really don't need to. I mean, they like to do it, though. So that wouldn't surprise me too much if Alex Leather was sitting there. They might mm-hmm. take a chance on him or, you know, Tevin Jenkins if he happens to be on the board. I, I wouldn't mind a Tevin Jenkins selection. I think he's one of easily the most aggressive offensive tackle in this entire draft. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely be a solid pick. So there's just a lot of good talent in this first round. And the Saints could really go multiple different directions. So I would probably right. say if I had to pick one guy that I would want the Saints to pick that's reasonable, Zayvon Collins. Right. I think that's a great pickup for them, and that would really help their defense out a lot. Now I'm going to uh, – a name that I've seen a lot of, like, Twitter scouts and, and a name that's been coming up recently in the last couple of days is Baron Browning out of Ohio State. Would he be somebody that maybe is on the radar for the Saints at the end of the first round or maybe into the second round? Is that someone that you're familiar with? I'm actually not that familiar with okay. him. Actually. I haven't actually. I've never even heard his name before. Can you okay. fill me fill me in, and I'll let yeah, you. Yeah. Know. So Baron Browning, uh, he's a linebacker out of Ohio State. Um, I've seen him being behind Collins. I've seen him behind Bolton a little bit, but I see a lot of people that are also really just in love with his tape and that he's got so much potential in 
as well out of Ohio State in his athleticism. Um, I think at that middle linebacker spot as an off-ball linebacker would uh, really shoot him up draft boards. I've seen him where people would say he could sneak into the first round or he could be a second-day pickup. And I think that um, along with those other names could be someone that the, that the Saints really hone in on. And if they love him enough, maybe trade back. With yeah. someone that wants to grab a quarterback, like a Kyle Trask or somebody, if they fall in and get someone like Browning in the early in the second round. Uh, but I got to do yeah. a little bit more research on him as well. Uh, yeah, see his I mean, name pop up. But yeah. I like talking to people like you and a bunch of other people who just get more names and more research done. Yeah, he's definitely a guy I got to watch more film on than or really film it all on because mm -hmm. I mean, I've never heard of him, but hey, I mean, if there's two things the Saints love, they love Ohio State players and they love athletic <laughs> linebackers. So, I mean, it'd be a good replacement for Quan Alexander, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we lost him. So, I mean, DeMario Davis is going to need an athletic linebacker team up next to him. Like you said, if they could trade back, find him in the second round, I mean, sounds like a pretty good steal to me. So, yeah, I mean, I got to watch some film on him, but. You know, if he's athletic, you know, he's he's not injury prone. Right. And I mean, he played for Ohio State. <laughs> I think so. that, that might have been part of the problem of why his name's not up there. I think he does have a little bit of an injury history mm -hmm. in his past couple of seasons. Um, going into a little bit more of those day two, day three picks. Is there anybody that you have an eye on? I know you said you like Kyle Trask for the Saints. Um, is quarterback on the radar at all? Is that kind of a is that a priority at all? You're kind of going in with um, some unknowns with Winston and um God, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Tyson Hill kind of going into, are they the guy moving forward? And do the Saints jump up and, and maybe take that another guy to throw into the mix on day two or three? Yeah, I mean, there's so much, so much talent late in this draft. I think the Saints are probably going to focus more on like the receiving unit probably okay. later in the draft um, as far as that goes. Um, I actually wrote some names down. <laughs> I can't find them. Oh well. No worries. Uh, that receiver from Auburn, I know they're really they okay. they've been looking at. He's like the fastest dude in the class. Um, there's just there's a bunch of just late steals. Honestly, they probably just fine tune their roster a little bit. I mean, they 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 don't really need too much. Kyle Trask would probably be my dream scenario. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyle Trask, if you can if you can get him early in the third, maybe you have to trade mm -hmm. up to get him somewhere in there. That'd be solid. Um, just kind of get some competition with Jameis Winston, you know, he's only on a one-year deal. Taysom's right. contract is voidable. If they really like what they have in Kyle Trask, then, I mean, that could be a good situation moving forward. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I mean, probably just fine-tuning some areas of need, like receiver, maybe add another running back, um, tight end maybe late in the draft, um, maybe stock up some more offensive line talent. We right. lost a couple guys. Uh, Ram checks um, hasn't been extended yet, so we're going to need to lock him up and get him a good backup if you know we're not able to lock him up. So just kind of fine-tuning some areas, really. Definitely. And, I mean, the Saints year in and year out, it seems, are always in that Super Bowl contending uh, tier. And now with Breeze gone, it seems like there's a lot of question marks surrounding the Saints. So it'll be interesting to see them moving forward. But I got a lot of faith in Sean Payton. He's a great coach, and, and that organization's been built pretty pretty well on both sides of the football. There's a lot of cornerstone pieces that you can really definitely work with there. Um, now, as somebody that lives in the Orlando area, I'm very familiar with UCF. I got to ask, what are your guys' thoughts in New Orleans or as Saints fans about Traquan Smith? That's just something personal for me. Um, you can say good or bad. It won't hurt my feelings either way. But I just I, I wanted to see from a Saints perspective what your thoughts on him are. Yeah, I, I think 
it's wishy-washy. I mean, Traquan mm-hmm. Smith, the potential's there. You know, we love his toughness. We love the potential he has. Uh, it's just a matter of seeing him have that same potential with a different quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to think that Drew Brees makes receivers. Um, I think Traquan Smith has all the tools to really be a very, very good NFL mm-hmm. receiver, and he's proven that in the past. I mean, the dude's always seem he's like old reliable, really, for the right. same. I mean, he just always seems to be the one making the play when we need it the most. I mean, he can go up there, make contested catches, get his helmet knocked off and still hold on to the ball. And I mean, if there's one thing, I mean, he's never done anything terrible to where Saints fans hate him at all. It's just, it's just not amazing, but he's not bad either. I think he's a very good value receiver to Mm -hmm. have on, on, on any team, really. I mean, I think the Saints are very, very lucky to have him. As some yeah, across from Michael Thomas, the 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 targets aren't going to be there to put up crazy numbers, but I I like hearing that Saints fans like him and that he's doing some good things there. All right, kind of going into our our final thoughts and everything. You said you started off as kind of an amateur, just like I did, just starting off on Twitter, watching game film here and there. What is your advice for people that are just starting off and they don't really know where to go? What is your advice for them moving forward into this kind of industry? Yeah, man, just just kind of trust yourself, you know? I mean, throw out a hot take from time to time. I mean, mm. you're going to get backlash. I mean, you're going to have your your Twitter Twitter warriors who are just going to comment behind, you know, anime profile picture <laughs> or not even a profile picture at all. I mean, just ignore it, you know, just do you. Sounds like you got some experience on that part. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have some experience on that part. But, you know, just just stay grinding, man. Just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's 2021, you know, like, don't worry about other people's opinions about you. Just go out there, just have fun, you know, just do your thing, man. You know, if you trust yourself enough to where, like, you know, if you think you're good enough to be in this industry, then just go out there and just prove it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, people are watching. So if you, if you put your work out there and if, if you hit and, and, you know, you're knowledgeable, you back your, your, your claims up with statistics, you back them up with, you know, history, good stats, you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the experts are going to come find you, you know, like never in a million years that I think I would ever be, you know, con being in direct contact with guys like Benjamin Albright or like ESPN analysts, right. Or like, you know, big time dudes like that, NFL players who retweet your stuff and just DM you time right. to time. You know what I mean? It happens. So, and you know, that's what's great about living in this day and age is that we have social media that we can use to our power. So if you just know how to like word things correctly, make sure you use proper grammar, the whole nine yards that you learn <laughs> right. in school, just go out there, be knowledgeable and, you know, just do your thing, man. Just, you know, just live it up. Is it kind of intimidating when you got guys like NFL players and head guys in the draft that you've seen growing up is it kind of intimidating to be like yo they're reaching out to me and now i gotta kind of perform (laughs) i mean at first at first you're Mm -hmm. just kind of like i mean it's the west way i can kind of describe it is like it's like a welcome to the nfl moment like when nfl players talk about their welcome to the nfl moment i think my like welcome to like sports analyst moment was like when i got to interview morton anderson like i was that's awesome i was (laughs) mumbling stuttering my words i didn't know what to do at first i got the pleasure of interviewing him twice so that's you know that was awesome that was obviously really cool and then ever since that i'm like i mean i just interviewed an nfl hall of famer so like what's anybody else gonna do you know what i mean right it's just it's super cool to like i mean 
just kind of look at your own progress. That's, that's one of the things that I like the most, you know, I don't like to hype myself up much or anything like that, but it's really cool to just like, kind of look at your progress that you've made. And you're just like, wow, I've really gotten some pretty solid names on my, on my resume here. And, you know, you just kind of keep building off of it. I mean, and people notice you, like, it's hard to believe, like, I mean, my podcast isn't all that successful. I mean, I've had successful players on it and stuff like that, but it's not the most popular podcast in the right. world. But, you know, like if you get your content out there and you collaborate with with people who are also intelligent and you go out there and you just kind of just put content out there and you make it good to the best of your power, you don't you don't need like a million dollars to get your podcast started. Right. I mean, you can do it with a headset and just whatever. <laughs> you, just, you just need a computer. You can do it for zero dollars. So, right. I mean, just Pretty get much. it out yeah, literally just get it out there. Just have fun. Just, just make, make connections with people and just, yeah, do your thing. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And that's something that I've definitely learned along the way of, you know what, stand by your takes. We're kind of, like you said, we're in a day and age where people are going to come at you and it in the whole realm of things coming at somebody so aggressively over NFL draft takes is, is, is pretty sad. It happens though. But I mean, even in this in this draft class, what I've seen online is people have so many differing opinions. There's people that don't think Trevor Lawrence is, is quarterback one. I think that's personally crazy, but you know what? They, they back it up. Like you said, be knowledgeable and be able to back it up with stats and, and game film and stuff like that and, and stand by your takes. And, but don't really look at, um, don't, I don't, I don't like going to consensus too much. I think you got to kind of stand on your own and, and trust what you're seeing. I think that's a big part of it too. And you, you would definitely hit on that. So always good to hear that. What I'm thinking is always used by a bunch of other people. Uh, all right. So want to thank you again for coming on and joining me. I think this was a very, very good podcast. Got a lot of good information about the saints and your thoughts on the draft uh, kind of closing out show. Uh, tell people where they can find you on Twitter or online anywhere. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Michael Balco Jr. Um, you can find me there. I'm going to be, tw- I just tweet about all sorts of sports news. Mm-hmm. I mean, I write about NFL and NBA, all teams, mostly Saints, but hey, you know, I throw some <laughs> love out there to other teams too. Of course. Uh, Instagram, I'm at Michael.Balco. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my main two socials. Um, I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, it was a great time. And as always, thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Alex Coslo. You can find me on Twitter at Coslo75. Look forward to the next time. And this is signing off on the Amateur Scout Podcast.